advertise your event. By All Means Graphics is a proud publisher of the Entertainment Guide, and we'd be happy to help you spread the word. Visit us at 17 Bridge Square or give us a call at 507-663-7937. The team at Whit Brothers Auto Care would like to thank Northfield and the surrounding communities for naming them 2022's Best Auto Repair Shop. Stop down to 701 Division Street and visit the staff at Whit Brothers, nominated as the best mechanics in southern Minnesota, to make sure your vehicle is ready for all of your summer travel plans. Visit Whit Brothers in downtown Northfield to make sure you get the best service for all of your automotive, maintenance, and repair needs. The voters have spoken, and when you need the best of the best, Whit Brothers is here for Helping you. Helping our neighbors, working hard to take care of our families, protecting our natural resources. These are the values that unite Southern Minnesota. And there's a new candidate for state representative who will bring our values to the Capitol. Christy Purcell. Christy Purcell has been getting it done for Southern Minnesota, protecting our clean air and water, and standing up for farmers and landowners in the Cannon River watershed. As our state representative, Christy Purcell will take on drug and insurance companies to lower health care costs. Christy Purcell will partner with local leaders to provide more funding for public safety and to improve access to mental health services with better treatment for addiction and more mental health resources in our schools to keep our kids safe and healthy. If getting things done is your thing, you'll like Christy Purcell. This independent expenditure is paid for by the DFL House Caucus. It is not coordinated with or approved by any candidate, nor is any candidate responsible for it. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Well, good morning, everybody. It is uh, Monday, September 19th, uh, 9.02 a.m., and we are pleased to bring you Legal Talk this morning, our monthly conversation with Minnesota State Supreme Court Justice Gordon Moore. Good morning, Gordon. Morning, Rich. How are you? I'm well. Uh, happy Monday. Uh, well, okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, um, uh, you... I, my daughter's getting married in a couple of weeks, and we kind of struggled to find a uh, 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 somebody to officiate the uh, the service. And you just reminded reminded me that you performed a, a a service over the weekend. I wish I thought about that. I would have asked you if you were busy on October first. <laughs> I well, I, I did uh, I did a wedding in Duluth for a friends of a, a family that we knew in Worthington. And right. My wife Jane played keyboards for it. It was a lot of fun. But hey, judges, retired judges, uh, can perform weddings and huh. uh, civil services seem to be kind of almost on the increase. A lot of young couples sure. like the sort of one location yep. or everything. One-stop shopping. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It moves from the the same hall is used for the service, the, you know, the dinner and yep. the dance, all yep. sort of in the same thing. That's that's how we're doing it up at uh, up at our family's cabin. So it's all going to be right there. Wedding's going to be in the backyard. Uh, reception's going to be in the front yard. Yeah. That's how it works. It's nice. But no, it was, it was fun. Uh, Duluth is an amazing city. Uh, multiple weather zones within the yeah, same zip right. code, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and rain on Saturday cleared off and was quite pleasant. 
by the yeah. time of the funeral. So that's what uh, that's what Supreme Court justices do on their on their off days, occasionally, okay. <laughs> not all the time. I, I, you know, this is something I do for people that I know, which it's is really sort of a special thing. That's the, well, it is a special thing. We got married by a Supreme Court justice. That's kind of cool. So, but uh, on your on days. Uh, you guys are back to work now. You guys are back to, uh, the Supreme Court is back to hearing oral arguments now. Yes, we, we held arguments the first two weeks of September, right after Labor Day. We started just like the, the kids, first day of school, first day of, uh, oral arguments was the Tuesday after Labor Day. Uh, September's calendar, I think, could be summarized as, you know, first degree murder, frankly. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's not for you. No, funny, it's but not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, direct, direct appeals and then, uh, what we call post-conviction relief appeals. People mm-hmm. that are convicted have a right to have uh, a court um, potentially review that based on a statute called the post-conviction relief statute. And the Minnesota Supreme Court gets all appeals on first-degree murder, the most serious type of murder, generally premeditated, go right to the Supreme Court. So right. we had a number of those cases on our docket for September. We have an interesting public hearing coming up tomorrow on the cameras in the courtroom initiative, which is something that I think uh, people have lots of interest in. A lot of interest in, I mean, you know, you and actually you and I were actually discussing this uh, a little bit last week. Um, The media would very much like to have cameras in the courtroom um, and for a a lot of reasons. Um, It's funny. I'm a member of the media course i'm on the radio but i'm a member of the media who does not necessarily favor uh cameras in the courtroom um and we're going to talk about right to privacy in a little bit but it does feel and i i guess it's just the way i grew up in minnesota and like you know seeing the the courtroom sketches and things um it feels a little Cameras in the courtroom feels a little bit invasive to me. Well, Rich, first of all, this is a very challenging and, and controversial question. And can, can I, I interrupt you yes. for just one moment and say, I do not expect you, and please, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, please do not give us any sort of opinion. No, I, I will not. We are listening tomorrow to the opinions of uh, a number of speakers that have cho- asked us to, to have the opportunity to speak. We've received a lot of written mm-hmm. submissions. I can tell you there are opinions on both sides of the oh, issue. Yeah. They're quite strong. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of considerations to factor in you know the the victims of crime their rights uh the you know the rights of jurors right um you know the right of the the people i mean things changed in this discussion after the derek chauvin trial there's right. no question about it right it was the first case live stream that i know from a minnesota courtroom that you I know remember, florida yeah. california you turn on the court tv channel and mm. you know there's cases all the time it's yep. not a big deal but as you point out minnesota has not had that tradition so the rule uh committee that governs uh, criminal procedure rules has been studying this issue and we're going to hear from the proponents and from the um folks that are concerned about it and, yeah you know it's going to be a very interesting hearing we yeah. will have to make a decision based on that whether to amend our rules can i ask you who brought that case uh it was initiated i think basically by the supreme court after the chauvin trial okay Uh, we felt you know this has been an ongoing discussion uh there had been some 
changes a few years ago to to the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, the court had allowed a little bit of opportunity uh, based on consent of parties mm-hmm. in certain types of proceedings. But after the Chauvin trial, I think there was a sense that this issue needed to be looked at yeah. again and more broadly. And so there is a lot of different uh, thought processes on, on what should happen. So I just learned something. The Supreme Court itself can initiate a, ca- uh, uh, a, a case and, and decide to well, look at something. Well, it's, it's not a case, Rich. It's right. the, we, we have the responsibility for the uh, practice of law in the state of Minnesota and the rules that govern the practice sure. of law. And right. so, yeah, the, the Supreme Court has the right to study issues that come up, and oftentimes issues are brought to our attention. This is one that I think came from a combination of circumstances, uh, advocates as well as yeah. uh, uh, the court itself. So, yeah, we'll listen tomorrow. Uh, there won't be an immediate decision issued, but uh, the, there will be an opportunity for people interested to watch the argument yep. live streamed on mincourts.gov. Uh, go to the Supreme Court site and you can find out how to watch a Supreme Court argument. And that will be tomorrow. Uh, and then we, we move into October's calendar uh, right after the turn of the month uh, for, I think we're actually back in our uh we have two courtrooms, and we're actually going to be hearing some arguments in the Judicial Center, which will be a first for me, frankly, because oh, really? we've been doing them only in our Capitol courtroom for, co- for COVID reasons. And I think we're going to be using that courtroom for our second week. But, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we have, yeah. uh, I think the October calendar is a more typical mix of civil cases, attorney discipline cases, uh, some criminal appeals, uh, what we call petitions for review from the Court mm-hmm. of Appeals. Um, with a, a number of really interesting questions. And I'm always astounded that, you know, just lurking behind the, the, the surface of some yeah. of these cases are some, you know, really challenging issues sure. that sometimes, you know, you don't really see until you're digging into the case preparing for the arguments. So, right. yeah, but uh, the rest of this month will be the public hearing. We have uh, court meetings, special term meetings, where we decide whether we're going to take cases for later in the year. And then trying to get opinions done that are that are um, still outstanding. Right. And uh, the Supreme Court is going to um, take the show on the road a little bit in, in a program that I was not aware of uh, and got suspended during COVID. Uh, but you uh, you are going to hear oral arguments in front of. Uh, the student body in Shakopee High School. We are. We're going poor Shakopee. They typically the Supreme Court does two of what we call road shows a year. A year. Uh, in uh, in the fall, we typically have gone to an outstate uh, jurisdiction mm-hmm. high school, and then in the uh, spring, typically a metro area jurisdiction. Shakopee was on the list for uh, the spring of 2020. That obviously didn't happen. It's been rescheduled and postponed at least twice. And so we are honoring our commitment to Shakopee. We are going to Shakopee. I don't have the specific date right in front of me. I could I could get that pretty quickly here, but I, I believe it's the 13th of October. Don't quote me on that. But again, the calendar is on the uh, Supreme Court website. But yes, we are going to have a case argued in front of the Shakopee High School student body. And then we get to talk to students. Uh, we go to classrooms. It's really a fun opportunity to engage with high yeah. school students. And I would think for a lot of the, maybe not all of them, but a lot of those students, it's just a fascinating opportunity to, to watch and see how this works. It is. And it happened in 2014 in my former community of Worthington. And, and yeah, I can tell you we had 
2,500 kids in that gym from all surrounding schools. It was a big deal, yeah. very big deal for, yeah. for kids to have the opportunity to watch the Supreme Court argument. And to emphasize, this is a real argument. This right. isn't like a mock trial episode or something. This is a real live oral argument with attorneys, real questions. And, you know, we have to make a decision based on that. And so, yeah, we, we also go to law schools. We do an argument before each of the three law schools in Minnesota sure. um, over the course of the years. But the high school opportunity is really unique in in the outstate areas the court when it travels also um, will do sometimes a community dinner okay where if we're doing an overnight stay we'll actually have a dinner with uh, uh, educators and and leaders of the community and some you know students as well and that's a good opportunity to to mingle and to talk to people yeah feels like one of those old-fashioned team building exercises you and you and the rest of the uh the justices going out for uh, a a couple of days just to (laughs) i think it is it's exactly that rich i think it it breeds collegiality yeah uh you know you eat together you work together i think it's really an important thing and frankly something that last one of these we did did was in the fall of 2019 in, in Fairmont Minnesota down in Martin County and I was not in the court at that time but I happened to be there because it was in my former judicial district mm-hmm. so the, the trial judges uh, often showed up for those things and yeah the community of Fairmont showed up for a big way so the court's very interested in continuing this tradition I think it's something everybody looks forward to that's cool that's really cool I'm glad you guys do that so um for a number of reasons, um, right to privacy uh, has been sort of on my mind, and I thought maybe today would be a good day to at least uh, begin talking about this subject. This is a huge, very, very big and complex subject, and I don't think we can sum it up in one of these uh, little conversations. No. But I thought maybe today might be a good time to uh, uh, introduce the idea uh, of right to privacy and what it is. And, you know, um, Jeff Johnson, the, the, the host of the KYMN morning show and I were talking this morning about how, um, it's not explicitly, um, uh, written down in the constitution. It's not explicitly written into the Minnesota constitution, right. but it has been identified by the Supreme court, by the state Supreme court. Can you tell us a little bit about the right to privacy? I can rich. And I, I have to first, give the caveat that this is obviously, as you point out, a complex and evolving area. It involves things that could well come to the the court. And so I'm not going to be saying anything about any particular case or controversy. I can't make any promise or commitment to anything, and I wouldn't. Generally speaking, though, I can tell you that the right to privacy is a phrase that is used kind of generally and frankly, non-descriptively, mm-hmm. it, it, it really refers to things that come from three different sources. Uh, one is, as you point out, the Minnesota and federal constitutions, and a right to privacy has been found to exist in both of those foundational documents by courts. Also, uh, privacy rights can come from uh, common law. Uh, Minnesota and other states have you know, common law that is developed by judges where um, rights can be recognized and usually claims for the mm-hmm. violations of those rights. 
rights mm-hmm. come forward. And then, of course, the state legislature oftentimes categorizes things as being private or protected under laws such as the Minnesota Government Data Practices Act and other laws governing privileges uh, Mm -hmm. for information. So you've got these three different areas that all kind of come under this umbrella of privacy rights. But as as you point out, you and Jeff are right. Now, the Minnesota Constitution Bill of Rights doesn't say anything about the right of privacy. In fact, if you look, you won't even see the right, you won't even see the word privacy really? in the Minnesota Constitution. Uh, it is a, a doctrine that has been uh, the product of developments in uh, constitutional analysis. I found a case in 1941 where the state Supreme Court noted how Minnesota's Constitution protects rights uh, is, is was characterized back then as inherent in the people, such as life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right to acquire, uh, purchase, and enjoy property, and the right to establish a home and familial relations. It was kind of just general broad language. But uh, in the late 80s, um, the, our court recognized a right of privacy under the Minnesota Bill of Rights that protects what are called fundamental rights. Mm-hmm. Those are generally rights uh, that are um, critical to those things such as life, liberty, and prop- property. Uh, they are things such as um, the right to be free from intrusive medical treatment. Uh, okay. This is the Jarvis opinion from the late 80s. Uh, um, persons civilly committed uh, were given the opportunity to have a hearing on whether or not certain types of neuroleptic medications or other antidepressive you know, tr- uh, treatments, such as electroconvulsive treatments, could be administered. Right. I mean, traditionally, some of that was done without their, their input, against L- their will. Lobotomy. Yeah, yeah, well, it was it was tough, and uh, you know we recognize the right to be free from intrusive medical treatment is a fundamental right protected by the right of privacy under the Minnesota Constitution. The Minnesota Constitution means uh, there's there's provisions in the Bill of Rights uh, that are that refer to protections from certain types of intrusive actions by the government, mm-hmm. but. It says pretty clearly in the uh, Constitution that just because certain rights are enumerated, that doesn't mean that others that aren't enumerated don't exist. Sure. And so the the drafters okay. of the document clearly contemplated a scenario where rights could be evaluated and reviewed at a later time. And so that's happened in the areas of, um, you know, Reproductive uh, health care. That's right. been a, obviously a oh, key, yeah. you know, the Doe yeah. uh, versus Gomez decision right. from 1995 where the Minnesota Constitution, um, recognized a, a right to, cho- a woman's right to choose has mm-hmm. been protected by the Minnesota Constitution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have, you know, discussed the right of privacy in other contexts. I think one case that, uh, came from our court in the late 90s, where in the Minnesota common law, you know, Lake versus Walmart stores, we first declared that the right to privacy exists in Minnesota common law, meaning that a cause of action or a basis for a lawsuit could exist for um, intrusion into the right to privacy, uh, intrusion upon seclusion, appropriation, and publication of private facts. In that case, uh, a Back when we were actually developing photos, Rich, uh, some uh, couple had taken right. some uh, photos of, of themselves showering during a trip to Mexico and dropped mm-hmm. them off at the Walmart store. I think it was in Dilworth, Minnesota, to be developed. And uh, the Walmart had flagged at least one of the photos as not being appropriate. 
And then it turned out that employees of Walmart had apparently disseminated some yeah. of the photos. Yeah. Uh, and there was a big lawsuit. And for the first time in 1998, we represent, we d- declared that a cause of action could exist for essentially what is invasion of privacy. And that's how Dilworth, Minnesota is remembered. And boy, aren't they proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the constitution, uh, Rich is 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 the fundamental document that governs Minnesota and um, the federal law. Minnesota has the right to recognize rights beyond those that the federal government protects. We can't do less than the federal government, but we have the right in the Minnesota Constitution to interpret our laws more broadly. Mm-hmm. And so, under the legislative, common law, and constitutional area has developed this whole area of right to privacy. Yeah. And, you know, it it is it is complex. I mean, this is the stuff for law review articles and yeah. for law review you know, right. law school courses. Right. And it's 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 difficult to get too deep into the weeds on this right. uh, because it, it becomes really technical and complex. But essentially, you know, People do have a right to privacy in Minnesota to protect what are called fundamental rights. And those rights cannot be abridged. Uh, they are subject to strict scrutiny, uh, meaning that um, there has to be, you know, to to do anything to impinge upon a fundamental right. There mm-hmm. has to be a compelling state interest, and this is the only means necessary to accomplish that. It's the highest form of judicial scrutiny. And, you know, those sorts of discussions have happened in a number of our cases over time. I mean, obscenity, you know, do you have the right to, right. you know, possess obscene materials in your own home versus the right to commercially, you know, transact in those materials. I mean, the court has recognized distinctions in those things. So Rich, it's a, it's a challenging and, in in evolving area of the law. Let's just say that. Yeah. And there are, um, people, uh, in fact, some very high powered people, uh, who believe that there, the constitution does not guarantee a right to privacy. Well, there's different, interpretations of, of the Bill of Rights yeah. and the rights that the Constitution gathers. And the question is, uh, if if it's not expressly enumerated, does it exist? And that's, you know, that's, those are really tough questions. Right. I mean, we see some of those, those interpretive questions in other areas of the Constitution, too. Um, you know, the Second Amendment, uh, you know, right to bear arms, that yeah. sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, um, the United States Supreme Court uh, recognized um, uh, in the 60s um, certain fundamental rights related to free association, um, reproductive freedom, you know, uh, marriage and reproduction, mm-hmm. um, Griswold versus Connecticut, obviously Roe versus Wade, which yep. has now been in uh, uh, Casey, which have now been overruled. And, you know, these are. These are fundamental questions about, yeah. you know, the right to personal autonomy, right. the right to uh, associate freely. Uh, and, you know, as I said, these questions are continuing to percolate in the court system. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything further about, you know, how those cases could come to the Supreme Court. But 
the the people should just be aware of what the general meaning of those words are. Right. Right. Um, for for I think for most of us, maybe the one area where we see the right to privacy being the most important is you know protected healthcare records. The mm-hmm. you know there's a law called HIPAA, mm-hmm. which protects the dissemination of of confidential records. If mm-hmm. you go to a clinic or a hospital, you have to sign all sorts of forms where mm-hmm. the the providers are notifying you of your rights under law and you get to designate to whom that material could be shared, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a child, whether it's another medical provider to prevent people's, you know, private medical data from being um, disseminated. Uh, the right to, um, you know, uh, certain other material uh, that the government collects, you know, driver's license information, sure. uh, how much of that is public. Uh, the Minnesota Governmental Data Practices Act fundamentally concerns itself with the right of the people to access go- material that the government collects mm-hmm. and how much of that is, you know, confidential, how right. much of it's private, and how much of it is public. Right. Uh, and that's a really complicated area of the law and something that the courts deal with all sure. the time. Is this what we apply to a relationship between an attorney and a client as well? Well, that's, a, yeah, that's an area called a privilege. Okay. Privileges are created by law, by statutory law, uh, sometimes by common law. And yes, the, the right to a uh, attorney-client privilege, the right to a doctor-patient privilege, the the priest-penitent privilege, you know, how much can a clergyman be required to to talk about a confidential material, Uh, the, you know, our court decided a case recently regarding um, records held by um, basically sex assault counselors, uh, centers that protect, that, that that uh, provide uh, counseling and, and treatment to people who have been victimized by horrible uh, sexual violence. What rights, in that case, do defendants have to see information that's contained in those records? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a tough and challenging question. The court held unanimously that that uh, privilege is an absolute privilege mm-hmm. that's you know not even subject to. Sometimes judges look at records um, in what they call an in-camera or in-chambers review process to see what might be relevant and and that gets uh that happens oftentimes with uh you know like child abuse records or other medical records where a court screens them and decides Mm -hmm. you know what could be useful but in the case of these uh, sex assault counselors um we held that the law says what it says it's an absolute privilege confidentiality so yeah, you should be able to go talk to your lawyer, Rich, about, you know, important confidential, you know, areas and get advice without that being mm-hmm. uh, the subject for, you know, government uh, intrusion or other people knowing about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. And if you can't answer this question, I will understand completely. And I hope you'll forgive me then for asking, <laughs> do you believe in the right to privacy? Do I personally believe in the right to privacy? Yes, sir. Well, I, I I do. I mean, that's a obviously a loaded question. It I is. mean, again, we talk we talk <laughs> about the the broad nature of yes. that question. Yes. I mean, it is it is a fundamental concept that's been recognized in federal and state law. I think where the rubber meets the road is how the the general phrase applies to specific situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have the right 
to, uh, for instance, uh, under federal and state law to be secure in our homes from unreasonable searches and seizures. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people would look at that as a form of right to privacy. I you know, would, yes. The government can't, you know, kick your door open without a, you know, search warrant based exactly. on probable cause that, you know, you've committed a crime or evidence of a crime could be found in your home. Uh, you know, you have a right to... Uh, protection of healthcare information, mm-hmm. medical and records, mm-hmm. uh, things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, how how those rights uh, pertain to um, personal decision making, personal autonomy. Um, you know things such as marriage, reproduction, uh, intimate relationships, you know mm-hmm. contraception. I mean, these have been the real hot button areas yeah, over, yeah. over the law over the last you know 50 60 years frankly right. in, in both federal and state law and so you know i i am not going to um get into specifics on on how i feel any particular one of right, those issues right. would come out but you know um yeah i mean i i follow the law and respect the law obviously the principle the week the latin phrase is stare decisis it has been decided and okay. so the generally speaking when a legal issue has been decided uh courts are bound to follow that unless there is a compelling and necessary reason for the a new decision to be made and so you know we are we are bound by decisions that that we have issued unless we have a legitimate and compelling reason to look at those again and say mm-hmm. there should be a different decision made. Yeah. And so, you know, that that promotes stability in the law, that promotes consistency. Uh, you know, people know what the law is and can apply right. it. Right. You know, I I I I um the thing that really inspired me to study political science when I was in in, in college um I I'm fascinated by the constitution and the ability to interpret it um, so many different ways, I guess. I, I And I think that, frankly, you know, you look, we talk about James Madison, but even the, our state constitution has been written to sort of adapt itself to the times. And and when we're talking about something like right, right to privacy, I mean, that's a perfect example. And I just, I just, I don't know. I just think that that's uh, one of the great things about this country. Yeah, our, our Bill of Rights makes it clear that the enumeration of certain rights shall not be uh, construed to deny or impair other rights inherent in the people. Yes. And so the drafters of our state constitution intentionally left that phrase very open and very subject to interpretation. Yeah. You know, what are rights inherent in the people and how does that change? Do we view this as from a lens from 1857 or 58 mm-hmm. when that document was drafted? Right. Or is that today? Uh, you know, when certain amendments uh, were put together and yeah, and that's an ongoing legal scholarship debate about originalism, uh, yeah. textualism, uh, you know, from from what lens do we interpret constitutional provisions? And this right. is the stuff of, you know, tomes of law review articles uh, <laughs> discussing. And it's it's an issue that you see uh, coming through in, in a Supreme Court jurisprudence yeah. on different types of areas. I yeah. mean, there's some strongly held differences on, on some of those views. Right. Uh, and I will refrain from jumping into that fray today, <laughs> but uh, it's a uh, what you've pointed out a, a fascinating part of constitutional law. Yeah. 
and it's what keeps people like you employed. Well, in part, yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we do we do things other than constitutional law, but obviously, yeah, in Minnesota, we are the inter- final interpreter of the state constitution, yeah. and so when there are disputes that come to us, sometimes we do have to decide them based upon constitutional privileges. I will say that we, we avoid that when we can. I mean, if we can decide the issue uh, by you know, interpreting a statute or if we can do it on common law without having to go into constitutional analysis, we generally try to do that because, um, you know, the legislature is the, the people's body, mm-hmm. legislative body, uh, uh, you know, uh, we three independent co-equal branches of government mm-hmm. and you know we are uh we owe we owe deference uh we owe the legislature the opportunity to work within its parameters and so it is we are not a super legislature i guess you know yeah. the you know the kind of the notion of the court of general inquiry that can sort of you know rewrite the law to our desires i mean the legislature writes the law we interpret the law and it is when the law crosses the boundaries of the constitution right. where it's our obligation to say so right. to step in and say hold it a second here this one goes too far this law is overbroad you know um, first amendment type issues where it gets into protected speech i mean those are issues that are commonly before us so first amendment questions and statutes what you just said feels like we could talk about that for uh that that's a whole other show yeah, i think yeah. <laughs> because, Very much so. because that's that's a, that's a really interesting statement in and of itself um but anyway we're going to let that go for now because our time has uh, has has expired Justice Gordon Moore, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Thanks, Rich. It's always a delight to be down to KYMN and to talk to you and, and our listeners about general legal issues. Well, we appreciate you being here and, and, and look forward to more of these conversations. Yeah, I enjoy it, too. We'll, we'll see you in October. Looking forward to it, sir. And that is Legal Talk for the month of September. We will be back on the uh, third, mo- third Monday of uh, October. And uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, have a nice day.